Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 186. We're recording this live Friday afternoon, June 13th, Friday the 13th, 2014, full moon, Friday the 13th. That's not a good omen, is it? Is it at all? Can't be a good start. It can't be a good start. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv. Crossing every limb I have, fingers, toes, arms, legs, that we can get through this episode without some kind of uh, intervention from the bad luck fairy. With me, as always, Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association in Toronto. T.O., the great city of Toronto. Welcome back from Banff, Alberta. How was that? It was good. Good weather, good people. you know, some interesting uh, interesting presentations from uh, the likes of Microsoft and Facebook and folks like that. And obviously all the all the big TV networks were out there. So, yeah. Not so bad. Not so bad. Not so bad. Spent some time in Banff. You were saying that before we, we started recording that it's the first time there hasn't been snow there for you? Since doing this well, every time, like it's my eighth year, right? And every time I go, you either get, you know, a fair bit of rain or you get like a light sprinkle of snow. I know snow. it's cool, but, but you get it. It's uh, June. But, uh, yeah, no, none of that. It was just blue skies every day. It was like, it felt like summer, during summer. It's weird. It's good. Oh, my it's goodness. Good. And you're in the mountains. What better place to be? Uh, you know what? I've never been to Banff. I would, it's one of the places that if you are not Canadian or if you are Canadian, you should you should aspire to get to. It is one of the greatest uh, displays, just from photos, anyways, that I've seen. And my brother was there for quite some time. Uh, it's one of the just most beautiful, most picturesque, uh, most Canadian places you can be with a whole bunch of non-Canadian tourists. There you go. Something like that. What else have you got up? What's going on this week? Are you traveling this week, Asif? I am. I'm uh, heading over to Dublin. I'm going to be there uh, Tuesday through Thursday. And, uh, oh, for a, a long stay. It's a long stay this time. Yeah, it's a few days, you know, and uh, just, just hanging out and meeting up with some interesting startups uh, that, are hang- that are all over there. Trying to, We're exploring the opportunity for a chapter in Dublin, uh, in Ireland in general, and so meeting up with some potential folks that uh, are interested in putting that together and uh, and and you know meeting up with about a half dozen of the uh, location based startups in the area so so that's what you do I got to explore where I can take on tether I'm thinking like uh, yeah. Barbados Bahamas uh, Turks and yeah, Caicos going to open up a like an untether something down there okay yeah, let me know I'll uh, explore it I'll come check it out with you we'll go exploring in like uh, February yeah all right perfect sounds good oh my perfect. goodness uh, anything so you'll be gone for the most of the part of the week and then you've got some event though that uh, there's a is there a New York event this week yes that's right so the New York chapter on the 18th uh, is hosting a uh, an event it's huge now I was looking at the registration there's like over 100 people coming to this thing wow. 150 people something like that um, and uh, yeah it's all about luxury retail and some great brands are coming out I saw Hugo bosses on the list and Mark uh, Jacobs and you know, whole, you know Ralph Lauren and all these guys are gonna come out so should be good. If you're into luxury, retail, and location, and how all that comes together, check it out. 18th. I'm into it. Just can't afford it. The yeah. luxury part, right? Yeah, I can't do the luxury part. Either. No. Ever since Joe started uh, appearing in Loblaws. That's it. That's been my wardrobe. Check it out. Nice. Joe, right here. All right. Well, we have a jam-packed, jam-packed show for you today. Of course, we're going to go through our top 10 stories of the week, uh, carefully crafted by a thief, and then uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time on three big concepts around this. The first one we're going to be talking about is Amazon's slow march forward. 
They are in the news everywhere over the last couple of weeks, and we will you'll see in our top 10 stories uh, what we're going to be talking about. Uh, the second thing we're going to be talking about is when is there one beacon too many? We love the beacon technology, but when is it going to be abused? I think it's starting to be abused right now. And then we're also going to look at this great relationship between retail solutions and uh, GigWalk, which is one of our top 10 stories. So without further ado, I'm going to jump right into it for the first story of this fine week. Shall I, Asif? Absolutely. Shall I do this? Will you do it. Grant me the permission. It's. I mean, it, it, it's. It's. You know, the first story is all about Rob Woodbridge being right because he's always right, and he always. He, his prediction was Amazon was going to rule the world, and uh, maybe they are. Well, they're going to rule everything. I think airwaves all the way to your smartphone and everything. But what we're going to be talking about today is Amazon. There's a rumor, I think, floating around that they're going to launch a local marketplace. They plan to roll it out later on this year, uh, and it's going to be around local services. And they classify this as a broad term that encompasses anything from babysitting to handyman to birthday clowns to magicians to anything you can wrap your head around that is a service to plumbing, anything like that. Uh, and they're going to be building out a single market to start with seven. And this is all not confirmed. And these are all about uh, people, uh, you know, squealing who are familiar with the matter. But I believe that this is something that Amazon should do. They they did that Mechanical Turks piece, which was only available in the United States, where if you had some services that you wanted to get done, you could actually farm it out and uh, through this Mechanical Turk uh, uh, service. And it was not a technology, it was a service. So this also kind of reflects Amazon's long-running efforts to have services tied to every product sold on Amazon. So here's a perfect example is that when you bought a Nest from Amazon.com, it suggested actually uh, some installation services to help you get the Nest up and installed very quickly. And that was all done through Amazon. A very, very, very interesting piece. Yep. Uh, Jeff Bezos, who is, oh, let's have a moment. Okay, Jeff Bezos. Um, he invested in a company that's similar to this kind of technology called Pro.com. And it was actually started by an ex-Amazon employee. Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. What will they do next? We're going to be talking about that, obviously, a little bit later in the show. But first of all, they're, they're going to be taking on the likes of Yelp. Boy, this is going to be an interesting battle. They own it. There you go. All right. Our second story is uh, about Volkswagen. Uh, this time we're going over to uh, China. Uh, and uh, the their agency over there uh, has come up with this phenomenal campaign to it's kind of put good. a put a focus on uh, you know this whole idea of driving and texting and using your phone and, and why that's not a, a good thing. Asif, so before, hey, Asif, I, I don't mean to interrupt you. I have a video to play with this. Do you want to roll yeah, the video? Yeah, show on the, the video. I mean, the right. video is just so impactful. Right? Here's the video. For those of you who are listening, suckers, you're, you're going to miss this. But just do a Google for uh, Volkswagen eyes on the road. Here's a video.
I mean, what else can I say about it? I mean, the, the video says it all, but I mean, the you're sitting there in this movie theater, the using a location-based broadcast uh, uh, service, an SMS uh, broadcaster, uh, in the theater um, to send out messages to everybody's phone. Crazy, crazy stuff. I actually got a phone call this week from a local theater uh, company or somebody, I can't say who, someone in that space here in Toronto, big, uh, that wanted to know how they could do a location-based broadcast like that to everybody that's watching the theater. How did they do and, that? Uh, yeah, so, so um, yeah, I mean, how they do it is is they, they uh, basically, if, if in certain markets, uh, tough to do here in, in, the, in, in North America, but in certain markets in Asia, if you have carrier opt-in, you can do, you know, group, uh, group broadcasting, right? Uh, so that's how they how they achieved it over there, um, you know. And, and the technology to do the broadcast is is, is not unlike a beacon um, to do that. It's it's geofencing uh, parameters around that, and you know, on site. But I mean, look at that. You send a message cool. out, the car crashes, and people are like, "Whoa!" You know, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's 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 impactful stuff, man. This is this is marketing. This is this is like when marketing really has the ability to influence people, and I like it. I'm, I was amazed uh, that, that technology to be able to broadcast. So everybody who has capabilities to receive a text message in that theater gets the text message at that exact moment. That's pretty cool. Pretty crazy. Yeah. There you All go. Right. Uh, our third story uh, is <laughs> it's about augmented reality. Um, we talk about these two companies quite often here. There's rumors that are floating around that uh, Blipar has acquired Layar. Um, nobody knows how much this is actually, if this deal is actual, but they, it's supposed to be announced on June 19th. It just got out a little bit sooner. Nobody knows the uh, size of the deal. No monies were disclosed. Uh, for those of you who don't remember who Blipper are, is it's an image recognition platform used in digital advertising, and Layar is an augmented reality platform used across different applications that uses your camera uh, on devices like smartphones to inject virtual elements onto real world images in real time. So magazines, you hold up your Layar, uh, your app in, uh, over a magazine and things just start to emerge and start to become interactive. Nobody knows if this is a, what the value of this deal is. Uh, I'd like to know if this is a consolidation or an indication that this market will not ever emerge. I know that Blipar has been very busy, but Layar has been around much longer than Blipar and uh, here it is the young upstart acquiring the established player. Um, any thoughts on that, Asif, before we move on? Yeah, I mean, just quickly, I, you know, I uh, from reading between the lines and reading some a bunch of articles on this this week, I, th I think this is a legitimate uh, deal that's yeah. that's that's happening. I think there's there are some synergies between the uh, the venture capital companies that are involved in uh, in the respective companies, uh, and you know, uh, one of the TechCrunch articles says that there's there there have been meetings, uh, verified meetings between these two companies. Uh, you know, in terms of initially, you know, sort of couched under the, the premise of, you know, how could they cooperate and work together? This is um, one way. But this is one way to do it. <laughs> um, and uh, the reality is, is Blipper's done a great job of, you know, getting to the consumer, uh, you know, with their apps, whereas Layer is much more of a back-end, uh, you know, SDK uh, type of approach. So perhaps, uh, perhaps you know, between the, and I think the patent portfolios are, are complementary as well. So this makes sense to me. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And uh, Layer really focused on magazines and newspapers in the last couple of years. And uh, their technology is amazing. Uh, both of their technology is amazing. So hopefully they can actually spearhead this. And this is the emerging, the emergence of the market, not the consolidation and, and deterioration yeah. of the market. So that's it. Blipar acquiring Layer. There you go. A lot of R's right. in there.
Right. Okay, our fourth story uh, is all about Regent Street in London and uh, working with a company called Autograph and putting be basically beacons out on every store uh, on the street. And so the Crown Estate, which is the, the group, I guess, that sort of that manages all these properties from a real estate perspective, uh, has gone out and uh, done a deal with Autograph. And uh, it's part of a, a wider $1.7 billion modernization program of Regent Street. Um, and uh, basically every store along here, uh, about 100 stores are going to have already been outfitted with beacons. Uh, this includes uh, Burberry, Banana Republic, Hugo Boss, Anthropology. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, and then consumers can walk by and they can kind of basically um, opt in to receive alerts from these stores as they're going by. The autograph technology is kind of interesting in that it's uh, the way you opt in is a simple like swipe left, swipe right, you know, to sort of uh, choose, you know, whether you want to participate in this thing or not. So I like the simplicity of that. But as we'll talk about more later on, this might be too much beacon. Too many beacons. Beacons to the left of me. Beacons to the right of me. Yeah. All right. All right. Our fifth story. Uh, hey, listen. Um, you ever feel like somebody's watching you in those? I always weird. Like it gets me weirded out when I walk into a uh, into a, a changing room. I don't know what it is about the changing room, but I always assume that there's a camera behind there and there's some dude or some gal looking up uh, in through the uh, through the mirrors and. You know, I don't know that the technology has really helped us uh, dissuade that myth. And now there's this thing called the Smart Connected Fitting Room, which is a, a partnership with Accenture, Avenade, and Microsoft. And they pr prototype this. And it uses RFID technology to track what you, will, what you try on. And it helps you call for what you think you'd like to try on next. And it makes some recommendations about the things that maybe go with that thing that you're trying. It's, uh, so every garment in the store is outfitted with an RFID tag. You walk into a changing room and there's this big screen on the changing room, in the changing room and it identifies the product and the size. And then it has a listing of all the things that maybe you'd like to buy with that. And if you need something uh, like a different size, all you have to do is click on the product that you want, that you have and say, I need a new size. And it sends it out to a Windows, a Microsoft connected device that the salespeople have on the floor and then they bring it to you. So no more of this kind of getting dressed, running out half naked, maybe trying to find a new size. It does it all for you in this way, fetching the garment for you. Um, this is, uh, this is pretty cool. And the flip side of it is this dashboard that uh, all that data, all the things that get tried on um, and the uh, successful sell rate and the, I don't know, the waiting time and the uh, add-on buys, all that it becomes a dashboard for the sales organization, the sales side of the, uh, of the retailer to assess and see how well they're doing in terms of product sale and delivery and inventory and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a pretty amazing tool. But again, I can't, I can't help but think it's just, it's, it's just another thing watching me. Another data point where I, I'm losing a little bit of my privacy, but that's just me. I'm an old stodgy fart, right? I'm 44 and, and old. So, uh, but it's you know really cool when it comes to the technology. Very effective, and I'm pretty sure we're going to start to see these rolled out if if they're not already right now. So Accenture, Avenade, and Microsoft prototyping the connected fitting room. As long as they're not broadcasting it to the internet, I think I can live with it. All right. Uh, our sixth story is about our good old friends, uh, Jiwire, uh, have rebranded the company, renamed the company to Ninth Decimal. 
Um, and, uh, you know, this is an interesting move. I mean, Jaiwire has been evolving uh, for a number of years now. Back when I had my Wi-Fi company, we worked with them uh, a little bit. And, uh, you know, this was all about, uh, you know, building an ad network on top of, uh, you know, pretty much every major Wi-Fi network out there. Um, and did that and, and kind of looked at the, you know, all the data that they had over these years and realized that the data was actually more valuable than, you know, actually the, the, the ad delivery piece. Um, and, and kind of ha have been, you know, very focused on the sort of location-based audience segmentation uh, pieces that were coming from this. And, uh, you know, this is really a move to kind of, uh, as, as David Stoss, uh, their CEO, says, you know, um, when we were Jaiwire, we were in the Wi-Fi business, and the wire made sense. And you know, now we're not really in the Wi-Fi business; we're we're in the data business, and we we, we need to have a brand that reflects that. So, this is really interesting. Um, you know, and, and they're 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 moving. Um, you know, to kind of broaden you know these data sets. You know, from a location-specific thing to a multi-location and tracking movements of people uh, and true audience segmentation. So, I think this is. Uh, Neat uh, that they're doing this. Um, maybe a bit confusing as well, but uh, ninth decimal. Ninth decimal. Yeah, it's a tough name, man. Like uh, yeah. at least Jawire was punchy. You know, six letters, mm. ninth decimal. There you go, ninth yeah. decimal. So are they like ninth decimal dot com? Yes. It's tough. You know, I always th I always thought that um, you know the companies that I started like untether.tv. You know, when I when I pitched that name to a lot of people, they thought that's that's a shitty name, Rob. And um, I said, no, I want to stick with it. I like the uh, kind of untethered, it's broad. Same with Thunder Road. I ran a company for Thunder Road and Rove. These were simple names where I, I would never be embarrassed to pick up the phone and say, hey, untethered.tv, right? But uh, and it was never hard to say. But ninth decimal seems very difficult. It's just a uh, time rolling off the tongue. Jiwire is a little bit more catchy. Yeah. But yeah. that's only my opinion. It there you go. It doesn't matter. All right. Our uh, seventh story. Hey, listen, you know, how often have I thought I, I woke up in the middle of the day and night or whenever it is and I step outside and I think, Jesus, I need to find me a photographer, right? I need to call me a photographer right this moment. And there's never been an app until Netflix. now, until this moment, a company called PicQuest uh, shows <laughs> photographers on a map. It's an app. And it shows photographers on a map that are near to you. And then you can actually follow the photographers and interact with the photographers and see their... I don't, I don't even know how to get enthusiastic about this. I tried there. To see their photos. And then you can actually hire photographers. And they call this thing the Uber of photography. And I think this is an Uber ridiculousness. Because how often do you really need a photographer? I don't have them follow me around. Uh, you know, I don't get married every day. I don't often need a photographer on the spot, but I guess it helps me to see great photos that are nearby. But this is, they call this Welcome to the New World of Photography in your pocket as you move around the globe, and I do not. This is crazy. I think it's ridiculous, man. Like, you know what, if, yeah, there's so much wrong with this because how many times have you called a photographer? Asif? Uh, um, in your lifetime. How many times know. have you used Maybe a Maybe a dozen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 44, probably that many times. Yeah. So, dumb, dumb, dumb. I think the only place where this has any value, and even then, it's a stretch. Uh, you know, where I would use this thing is like, you know, from an event perspective, you know, trying to find a photographer. Yeah, you know, it's not like you wake up and. But, but I got other places I can go for that. Of right? course you do. You don't need an app, to, you don't download don't an app, app to do yeah. this. The Uber photo photography, Uber ridiculous. I'm going to give you the URL just because we do that kind of stuff, but I do not condone this kind of development as a company. It's pickquest.mobi, 
P-I-C-Q-U-E-S-T dot Moby. They should just turn that into a photo discovery app and put it over onto the side and then go find a real business to run. Yeah. Boom! There you go. Let's get off that story. All right. All right. Eight story. Eight this story. This good. Yes. Uh, this is uh, about a company called Norton Outdoor and an app that they've launched called Lazo. L-A-Z or Z, depending on which country you're in. O. Um, and it's all about uh, sort of extending, you know, the ad that's on a traditional billboard into the mobile environment and kind of combining that together. So it basically lets you browse ads um, that are on billboards on an iPhone or Android device. Um, but uh, they're working uh, in Cincinnati, the greater Cincinnati area right now. They've got 10 percent of their billboards, which is uh, roughly about 100 or so billboards that have GPS uh, chips on them now. And so they're able to kind of locate the billboard and find mobile devices through the app that are near it and then deliver, uh, you know, sort of second screen ads cool. connected to that. So this is cool. Yeah. So what I kind of would have been talking about for a while, but, you know, I think there's a lot more that can be done with this. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, not necessarily using GPS, but you know, you could you could blend beacon type technology into these into these uh, billboards and 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 do much more of a push uh, opportunity out to to the mobile device. Um, you know, there's integration that I think could be done with navigation in cars and other yeah. things. So, anyways, uh, but a good first step. You know, one of the things that I always have a challenge with when you ask me to go download an app to interact with this is the fact that I have to download an app. Right, so maybe with the Apple's iBeacon stuff, and that we talked about last week about the iOS integrations, where yep. you walk past the um, yes. the outdoor advertising and it pops up onto your lock screen, because I don't, I don't, I don't believe that everybody's going to download the app because you've got two different things. You're you're teaching a new behavior about how to interact with a with a big billboard, and then you're also forcing somebody to go download an application, which is just too, one too many steps, right? And uh, it has to be seamless, much more seamless. So maybe these guys, Norton Outdoor, can actually integrate this technology as an API or an SDK so that it can actually be brought into an ad network's ads uh, feed, right, or, or other applications like that. So it makes it a little bit easier because I just downloading apps um, for yeah. single well, functions to get pushed notifications, it's just not going to happen. Like That's a different world. We're not in that world anymore. So, um, there you go. yeah, and that's why right. I think it's so very important that Apple comes around and does what they're doing. But yes, and, you can and, check that out. Norton Outdoor. Norton Outdoor. Like it. All right. Our ninth story is, uh, you know, we talk about this company called Placed many times over and over and over again. They have raised $10 million. Placed is the startup that, uh, uh, with the app that tracks the business's consumer visits, it has raised $10 million. It has raised a total of $13.4 million since launching in 2011. Uh, the It is a Series B round uh, from Two Sigma Ventures with participation from previous investor Madrona Venture Group. These guys placed offers a variety of products for analyzing businesses, attributing advertising to store visits and targeting consumers likely to visit a particular type of business. Uh, it's all based in the technology that is the underlying technology which uses a collection of algorithms to accurately assess what business a mobile phone is at or near throughout the day. We might have some words on this next week around the implication of some of these changes in iOS and what it has an impact on something a company like Placed. But it currently has 175,000 active users and tracks more than 175 million locations a day. Crazy, they've raised $10 million, bringing their total round 
of investment up to 13.4 since launching in 2011. Yeah, and just one point on that one. The mm -hmm. 175,000 users are a panel. So these guys are trying to be the Nielsen of the physical world. So it's they've cool. gone out and recruited 175,000 people and and have this device on their, you know, the app on their phones yeah. that, that they have permission to basically track every single thing that they do, right? And that's different that's different than a company like Euclid that just uses yes. the, Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So just just to be clear, it's a panel of consumers that are, have agreed to do this on their behalf, ah. uh, in the same way, and it's distributed across the U.S. in the same way that Nielsen does their tracking. Cool, sweet. Well, they've raised ten million bucks. Good for them. How about uh, sponsoring on Tether TV, you guys? How about sponsoring this week in location-based marketing? Come on, David, let us know. Hey, you got some you got some greenbacks there. We're in. We're in. All right, our tenth and final story. All right, so this is a, a partnership between a company called Retail Solutions Inc. and Gigwalk. Uh, we haven't talked about Gigwalk uh, for a while now. Not since their pivot. But, no. uh, yeah, so uh, this is interesting. So Retail Solutions is a uh, company that fo focuses on sort of back-end uh, employee communications and, and sort of uh, store management uh, software. And Gigwalk is a crowdsource, uh, location-based um, sort of you know, I'll call it a Zarly task rabbit like uh, service that gets consumers to to complete tasks. Um, and so these guys are working together to um, you know find a way to you know leverage the Gigwalk platform to you know get employees to do things in stores um, uh, that need to get done, whatever that might be. You know, moving a sign or getting to a customer that's uh, not getting the right attention or you know, whatever the case might be, um, or, you know, we need another cashier up, up front here right now, what, whatever that is. Um, so this is interesting. We'll talk more about this on the back end, uh, I, I think, is one of our one yep. of our featured stories this yep. week. But, uh, yeah, GigWalk's got about a, a half, a, uh, half a million or so um, users uh, or contractors, as they call them, on the system. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I'm very interested to have this conversation because sometimes I don't get the how this works. And this yeah. is one of these things. So I'm going to rely on Asif to explain it to me as he explains yes. it to all of us. All right. Those are the 10 stories. If yours was in there, congratulations. If we roasted it, well, that's too bad. It probably deserved to be roasted. If it wasn't in there and you had a story this week, shame on you for not getting it to us. We would have put it right in there. We would have slotted it into the top 10 because you, our fine listeners and viewers, you guys out there, you're the reason why we do this. So if you have something that you want to help promote and you want us to help you promote, then get it into us. Rob it on tether.tv or Asif at the LVMA.com. Those are the top 10 of the week. Awesome stories around the world again. And there was, was there a Canadian story in there this time? Probably not. No, 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 no I don't no, think so. No Canada. Shame on you, Canada. No Canada. Before we get into our... We're going to make a special effort for next week, though. It's going to be the all-Canadian show as, we, as we're co uh, coasting into Canada Day, which is uh, July yeah. 1st. So we'll do an all-Canadian show. We'll try and have something to talk about around the World Cup, for sure. World Cup. What's that? I had to mute like a thousand people. Because of the World Cup. Like, I don't care about your stupid soccer. Is that blasphemous? I don't care. Hmm. All right. I'm in a feisty mood. Um, before we get into this, now that I've just, you know, alienated 90% of the sports the population. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, listen, why don't you support us at patreon.com slash on tether? Uh, it's a good thing that you can't take your money away. You can't charge me for saying that. But if you have an extra buck or two or 10 or 15 or 20 and you feel that there's value that we give from this show, why not give it back? We believe in that value for value model. So just go to patreon.com forward slash untether. I feel like I'm begging. If I could pull up my guitar, it's sitting right over there. I would play it for you like a busker for their dollars. Uh, if you do find value in what we do in the show, please, please, please 
you know. Why not drop us a couple of bucks? But, but real money. We, you know, real Rob's money. not the kind of busker that wants to get paid in Bitcoin. In Bitcoin, exactly. Okay. <laughs> no, no Bitcoin. Still, that is the uh, that is the ideas. Yeah, yeah, the level of idea that we come out of here is that no Bitcoin, real cash, please. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash untether, and it will help go to uh, augment this show. And uh, as you've seen, we've already started to do that. So please, Patreon.com forward slash untether. All right, the three stories to see here. We're going to be talking about Amazon. Uh, when is a beacon too many? When is it one too many beacons, like what they're doing at Reg on Regent Street? And then we'll, we'll talk about this whole GigWalk uh, retail solutions partnership. The first thing, though, we're going to be talking about is Amazon's slow march forward. I say that sarcastically simply because there is no slow. In, they don't have slow in their vocabulary. These guys are all over the place. This past week, they launched a free streaming music service with a million songs they are talking about here this this highly local market of services high um which is will compete with yelp the yelps of the world i think in identifying that and they're going to take a piece of this next week by the end of the time you're listening to this it'll be this week they're actually talking about the rumors are launching a 3d uh smartphone what is it that Amazon sees that uh, so many people don't? The fact that they're getting into all of these markets all at once. Uh, I have a theory on this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on what, how you think that they're going to do in this local services market, Asif. Well, I think the interesting thing, right, is is Amazon is, uh, they just have so much great data and so many fantastic algorithms, right, that they've built to understand uh, and, and to be predictive in, in knowing what people want to buy. Uh, based on what they've bought before, based on where they are, um, you know, even time of day and other things, you know, they have so much great data and so and, and they've just built these fantastic algorithms to to be to kind of you know to be truly predictive. And I think on uh, you know it allows them to, you know, know and anticipate you know when the right time is. I think to go in and say, hey, we should start selling a phone because you know we're selling a lot of phones over here and maybe we can you know have our own phone and have better margins on that or. You know this music download thing. We've been in that business for a while. You know, in 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 in, in, in sort of through partnerships and other things. But yeah, you know, maybe that you know we should have our own streaming music service, and uh, and we've got data that supports that. So, um, you you know, I think I think it's interesting, and 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 I think uh, you know the 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 local marketplace piece. That's a piece that I think in the way you described it earlier of, you know, I bought something and I need installation services. So big. That makes sense to me, yeah. right? As a general local marketplace, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in the way Yelp or Angie's List, uh, you know, operate. I mean, look at, look, at, yeah. look at the failure of Patch, yeah. right? That's yeah. all we need to look at is the failure of Patch to know that, you know, these things are not that easy uh, to do, except for when it's related to you've already sold them a product and right. you need somebody to, to, to put that in. Was that, right? the pat was that the failure with Patch is that they just started as a marketplace um, and it was yeah. just a general kind of destination? But with Amazon, yeah. you mean, uh, and, um, not, yeah, is it Angie's List? No. Um, and Angie's List, yeah, it's the same thing. It's like it's classifieds. It requires a user to go there. Um, and, but with with this, I mean, it's um, it's App Annie. That's what it was. App Annie actually labeled uh, Amazon's retail application as the number one application retail application downloaded. This is out of Walmart. This is out of all the you know the bricks mm -hmm. and mortar store. And so so when you start to think about that, where how many people are using their mobile app? Uh, the, the mobile version of the Amazon store and then you tie it with this service. So I bought the Nest and now at, on from my mobile, I bought the Nest and then it says, oh, by the way, you know, Bill, who's around the corner, who does this, can install it for you later this afternoon. Would you like to schedule that? That yep. is, I, I think, and then and Amazon gets a referral fee for that. So it's an augmentation of, uh, yep. you know, augmentation of their revenue. Uh, that 
that is brilliant. Just that, as, as a destination, I don't think that, it is. Yeah, I mean, that they, you know, I don't, I kind of look at it and go, and, why haven't they done it? Why, why not earlier? Yeah. Why not before now? But it makes, it makes complete sense to me. Yeah. You know, I think the other piece, you know, in terms of just local services and babysitters and all this kind of stuff, um, birthday clowns or whatever, um, I struggle with that a little bit. Well, think about it. And, and I, and my take on that is, is that I think that needs to be truly local, uh, connected to the physical environment right so you know I like when, when I think about that stuff and the real opportunity around it it's that opportunity for me is is the grocery store the Starbucks yeah. you know the Panera bread the, you know whatever it is you know you know where you walk in and they've got the, the bulletin board with the with all the things you know stuck on the board yeah. where you rip off the babysitter's number or whatever right there's a there's an opportunity for a digital version of that um, in in the physical world, which nobody's really done yet, no. and and I don't think it, it it lends itself as easily to a purely online play. Um, you know, I, I would agree, right? Like a destination. Like, am I going to go to Amazon to find a babysitter? Uh, uh, who knows? Right. Who, who knows? Who knows? But but like, as long as they're not sending me, you know, it's like a uh, somebody from the Soviet Union, right, or whatever. Um, <laughs> but but it's like a, you know, like a Russian brides, right? Um, yeah. But I, I I do think here this this whole Man, concept. I've been through a couple of those, Robin. Just, <laughs> just, it just just doesn't work. They never last. They never last, no, right? No, they just want they just want to get their their citizenship and their and then they they disappear. Um, yeah, but exactly. I think, but you said it. You said something that was so interesting around the data. Now Amazon is in everything that we play, especially in the United States, right? With their home delivery and fresh, and they've got all these different mechanisms. So they got the Firebox, which is their television uh, box. They've got uh, they've got certainly Amazon.com. They've got Amazon the mobile app. They've got the bookstore. They got the. I mean, you name it, they've got it, right? And they've got the tablet. Um, and now they're coming out with a 3D phone. So they have an insane amount of data on you, right? That's exactly mm. the big thing is that so they know, for example, uh, you're downloading movies uh, here for kids movies. You're, uh, you're buying books on kids. You bought groceries with uh, diapers and, uh, and, and baby food. They know. So I wonder if this is just an approach that says, hey, listen, hey, you know what? Uh, Betsy around the corner is a babysitter. Did you know maybe it's time for a night out? with you and the wife because you haven't been out and oh by the way we know that you have kids right so maybe it's yeah. that kind of maybe it's too creepy like you're watching tv and it says hey rob why don't you take your wife out for dinner right Betsy yeah. around the corner but i think that we we slowly move to that world and that data that filtering of data big data down to that one point that distills the right message at the right time for the right person um maybe maybe there is something there that this is the genesis of that kind of service i don't know but i think that's pretty cool and yeah, I think it is pretty cool, and, yeah. and we'll see where it goes. And and I think I also like the revenue uh, model around this, right? I mean, all this new stuff that they're doing with like you know the streaming music and and all of that. It's you can't you can't use it unless you're already a, a Prime uh, yeah. customer, right? Yeah. So you're already paying for Prime. Yeah. You know whether you use this stuff or not, right? Yeah. Like so, it, it's you know the, this just drives that sort of basic. You know, hundred dollars a month or whatever the fee is a year, uh, hundred bucks a year. Sorry, a year. That's what I meant to say. Hundred bucks a year. Yeah. That's just like that's like a recurring revenue stream. You know, like an old software. You know, when I was in the software business of you know where you got maintenance. these maintenance contracts yeah. that come up every year and it's just guaranteed revenue. It just did. I love it. But you know, these guys, they're smart in this. Is that uh, the music service that they're that they've launched is not about the music service. It's about keeping you in the Amazon ecosystem. So sure. you go and spend. They don't want the hundred bucks a year. 
They want you to spend ten thousand or twenty thousand or thirty thousand dollars. But you a year. can't access it unless you're paying a hundred bucks a year. But I love it. I love it. But once you're in there, you're like, oh, f- yeah. you know, free two day shipping. Oh, I can download movies. Oh, yeah, I have absolutely. a library. I have a half absolutely. a million look all, books. Look at all the great stuff I can do here. So, anyway, it's great. Amazon all right. is awesome. I love Amazon. We got another one. We do. I, I, I'm, I could talk about Amazon all day if you'd like. I know. All right, let's talk about the, this uh, Regent Street. When is to when is a beacon? When is a beacon a bad thing? When a hundred stores on one street have them? <laughs> My God, what is this, Asif? Is this good? How do you differentiate as a company? <laughs> um, you know, I think it's it's interesting, right? Because you see, effectively, what's happening here is is you have sort of the you know the the business district, uh, you know, groups getting together. You know, these these you know here in Toronto we have the Toronto Entertainment District Group, for example. Uh, you know, so you have these sort of merchant organizations that come together and say, well, instead of one of you doing beacons on your own and and this guy trying a different technology from that guy, you know, there's some coordination happening here where everybody's using the same beacon technology. Uh, from the consumer perspective, it's one, you know, basically one app. So you don't have to have, you know, 15 different apps on your, on your, on your, on your phone. So I think that's good. Um, you know, but but you're right on the on the sort of pure beacon push engagement uh, perspective. I, this could be a lot, right? This could be overwhelming. This could be spammy. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so I, I hope that it's not it's not just. Um, it, I, I guess the part I don't know yet about this because it wasn't in any of the articles, and and love to talk to these guys and understand. But you know, how is the geofencing set up around this? Because Historically, what's happened is is the, you know each of these retailers has gone out and sort of built their own geofence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and if that's the case here, then this isn't going to work very well. This is going to be very much about you know spamming um, and and sort of competition also you know between the retailers for you know who can you know who who has the the, the more accurate you know geofence set up here. Um, and you might remember way 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 back when I don't know how many episodes ago. Uh, we were uh, one of our sponsors actually at the time was uh, this company called Maponics, and they had done a lot of work in, and they continue to do a lot of work in this in this category we call predefined geofencing, which is you know we'll 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 sort of you know create the geofence for this this shopping zone this this Regent Street area, we'll license that to the you know to the app company in this case Autograph, uh, so that it's sort of managed and controlled and we know the frequency. Uh, that's going on, uh, you know, on on an individual device, so it doesn't it doesn't get into that kind of scenario. So hopefully, some of that kind of thinking is happening here, you know. In Mathematics, if you're listening and and you haven't already, reach out to these guys and see see what you can do. Because, yeah, the worst thing that can happen is is that you know every store on the street here, which is what they're doing, uh, is equipped with this, and then just people get really frustrated and and t- and tune it out. So have you ever uh, have you ever been to Bangkok? I see. Yes, I have. You ever been? Uh... On Pat Pong, yes, I have in the red light district in, in, in Bangkok. Yes, I have. Yeah, so have I. I was a young seventeen or eighteen year old the first time I went, and the only time I went. And, and for those of you who haven't been to Pat Pong, uh, I want you to close your eyes. It's the red light district, so it is exactly what you think it is. And what they have is uh, it's a narrow street, and at night they have men outside of all of these gentlemen establishments uh, with menus. And what they do is they run up to you in the middle of the street. You're walking down the street and they run up to you and they show you a menu of 
performances, I think is the best way to put it. They, and that's all they do. And everywhere you walk, and it's like, you, you know, you walk down the street and there's these, these bars called thighs and breasts and legs, right? And it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a weird place. It's the, it's the most amazing and frightening place you can possibly be. But the guys out there, they bring out the menus and it's like one to the next. You walk past one and it's like, hey, this is what we get. And you walk to the next one. It's like, hey, this is what you get. And it's just continuous until you get out of there. And I think that this whole thing around Regent Street reminds me of that. Pat Pong Street. So you go from high-end uh, retailers doing this and it's just like tapping on the shoulder all the time. Hey, come in here. Coupon. We'll give you free. Come, 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 come. And it was the same. I immediately thought of Pat Pong and the dudes <laughs> out front giving you menus of what the performances are that night in their establishments. I hope that that's not what it's like, but give a retailer an inch and a beacon and uh, my guess is that it'll be like exactly like Pat Pong and uh, in the red light district. And I hope that that's not what we're getting into because then definitely retailers um, yeah. will force consumers to turn that stuff off. EGAD. And if you haven't been to Pat Pong, perhaps it is time to live a little. There you go. Good pause yeah, there. And, and I think, you know, we'll talk, you know, we can talk more about this next week too, uh, a little bit, but, you know, I think there's the technology, the Apple technology we talked about last week in terms of, lock screen surfacing, Absolutely. Uh, um, you know, might be a, a, a different way to achieve, I think, the goals of these retailers yes. than, you know, this kind of mass pushing out of messages. I mean, I understand there's preference profiling here and you got to fill out a little survey. They understand yeah. what you like and, and they're pushing you something and if you don't do anything with it, it disappears. I got all that, but it's still a lot of uh, noise. You know, potential for engagement and noise. Yeah, I agree. It, it's fascinating to see that. Like, uh, you know, typically people would build beacons into their business as a key differentiator of, from the guy next to you. But when all 100, you know, you're back to square one, right? You might as well be out there with your menus. Yeah. Hmm. Or renaming your uh, Banana yeah. Republic to like uh, thighs and breasts. <laughs> okay. Let's get off the story quickly before, <laughs> before we get censured. Yeah. All right. See, Explain this whole thing with the retail solutions and uh, and GigWalk because GigWalk pivoted away from the consumer side and into helping um, with the uh, uh, with the enterprise customers like this. Um, but is this like how, how can GigWalk really help retail solutions figure out if they have actually um, you know inventories in decline on the on the shelves? Like because that's it's a tough thing to do. Do they have enough people? Well, the thing is, like I said earlier, they, they've got uh, about a half a half a million people uh, that they call contractors uh, on, on this uh, on, on the GigWalk system. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think this is the only way for me that this really works is if it gets sort of integrated into, you know, the retail solutions platform, and then it gets pushed out to, you know, the uh, to the customers of those particular retail chains using the platform. So, so for example. Just making this up. This isn't happening, by the way. But let's say Macy's is a retail solutions customer, and they're using their sort of backend uh, technology. And then Macy's has got an app. Well, if if the GigWalk technology, uh, you know, via SDK or something, could be built into the Macy's app, you know, and then then through that, exactly. it's integrated into the uh, RSI platform on the backend. That starts to make sense to me, right? Yeah. But as a standalone, you know, army of contractors out there. I'm not sure how you marry that up necessarily with the you know with the with particular merchants that RSI is powering, right? So I think functionally, the like the technology, the premise of what it sets out to do, has you know huge uh, value, right? I think this is really important. This is a this is a problem, right? I mean, in, in the world of retail today, you've got 
you know, out of stocks. You've got uh, employees that aren't in the right place at the right time. You've got, you know, all sorts of issues that a, a, a sort of a mobile uh, consumer reporting solution could help solve and help optimize, you know, performance and, and ultimately, you know, the experience that a consumer has in a store. And it does need to be tied into some back-end platform. And, you know, we've talked before on the show about Opteris. Yep. Right, and 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 this is you know an area that Opteris is going into, and and they they power they're like an RSI in terms of powering all the back end uh, systems and communications between head office and, and employees on you know at the store level, uh, and trying to optimize that. And I think there's huge opportunities in this space in general, this whole category around you know connecting mobile, connecting social uh, into these discussions and bringing those things together. So you know I applaud the effort here yes. between Gigwalk and RSI. But I think the gigwalk user base is it's too small. I, I don't. I, I think it's too disconnected. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it needs to be SDK oriented and kind of baked right into whatever retailers are using RSI. I I, I totally agree, Asif. You know, because five hundred thousand people might sound like a lot. Five hundred thousand users or giggers or gigwalkers, but when, <laughs> when you overlay that to a, a population of three hundred thirty million, and uh, you know, it's so thin, the coverage, right? Yeah. It's it's just so thin. So. I, I don't understand why I, I don't think that that can work with Gigwalk standalone app and and but I do believe you're right they have this like if if there was Macy's and there was the loyal group of Macy's users who use the Macy's app and it was built into that then it makes a lot more sense to me yeah and, and I think that you know uh, the Gigwalk uh, CEO um, Bob uh, Baramipur Baramipur um, says that uh, by bringing together RSI's sophisticated al algorithm-based on-shelf alerting and scorecard reporting with GigWalk's local insights and on-the-ground resources, which is key, we are transforming traditional models of visibility, collaboration, and action, enabling brands and retailers to achieve new levels of retail execution and compliance. You need more people than half a million people. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. And, and for me, the, the, the other thing, I mean, beyond what the integration that I think is necessary here, I think there, you know, if, if, if you know, for the retailers who are listening on this, you know, and you're and you're thinking about, you know, this type of approach, whether it's Gigwalk or somebody else that that you're building into your app, um, think about an interesting, like, you know, inst instead of just, you know, pushing beacon-based coupons out on Region Street, why don't you incent the consumers in your store to report on stuff, right, and then reward them? For that, you know, with some kind of coupon or discount or whatever, right? Right. Why don't, why don't you get something for that margin erosion? It's so uh, so important. Like when if it's out of stock, and they report it, give them something for reporting that. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. This see. that that's what retail should be. Stop giving this stuff away, dude. Yeah. Stop. Anyways. Hmm. All right. Well, there you go. That's a great idea. And, and uh, you're so right. And, and uh, so integration and then incentive for reporting on things. If somebody's dropped a can of pickles or a jar of pickles in the aisle and nobody's picking up, give that person the right to be able to earn something for telling you. I don't know. Man, I like that idea. All right. Those are the three stories. Amazon, uh, Regent Street and Retail RSI and Gigwalk. What do you think? Are we way off base? We don't think we are, but we could be. We live in this little cocoon called knowledge, and you might have some that you can contribute to the story. So reach out, Robin on Tether.tv or Steve at the LBMA.com. All right, one last thing stands before between us and the end of the week. Asif, our resource of the week. This, contrary to popular belief, Urban Airship is destroying myth here with mobile users and their desire to be located. What is this thing? 
Yeah, so they got this report out. Uh, you can find it, by the way, at the thelbma.com forward slash research. Uh, but yes, Urban Airship uh, analyzed four billion push messages a few. Uh, across a thousand apps that uh, that they're connected to, and they found that an average of sixty-two percent of consumers agree to share their location with these app providers. So these are very positive numbers in support of uh, people's willingness to uh, to share location. Um, and the uh, the opt-in rate among individual apps in the study is, is between 60 and 80 percent. Like this is crazy stuff. That's amazing. Um, and you know this this I mean Urban Airship's working with some of the biggest brands in the world, right? So these these aren't like you know just small little uh, apps out there. These are a thousand of the, of the biggest apps uh, on the planet, and a lot of these are retailers and entertainment brands and, and, and CPG folks. So um, take a look at it, uh, www.thelbma.com forward slash research. Yeah, I don't think this should come as a shock. If you provide value in your messaging to your consumers, um, hey, they're willing to opt in. The moment you don't, though, is the moment that you've lost them for life. Caveat there. There you go. And you heard it here. You did. This in location-based marketing. Right here. Episode 186. If this is your first or your 186th, I implore you not to watch the first episode. I'm just saying it. Don't go back and watch the yeah, first episode. It's way too bad. And and I mean, and, and the quality of you know the production that yeah. we get, that you have here today, it, it's such a big leap from that that first show way back when. I don't know. That it was. We didn't the, really know what we were doing back then. We didn't even know if we were going to get by 1 episode. No. But here we are, 186 later. 186 in and uh and i think that it changed around 100 when you got a you got a mic it did yeah, yeah. That, that was like uh, instrumental but if you want if you're good for a laugh go to go to episode one every once in a while it'll be worthwhile for us to do the same thing it reminds us of our oh, look, at these, look at these puppies the blue mic best thing ever yes best thing all right, so that's episode 186. We will be back for 187. We'll get a full rundown of Asif's uh, traipsing through Ireland uh, as he heads out there uh, this, this coming week. Uh, can't wait to hear about what's going on there. And uh, if you find some guests, Asif, hook them up. Yeah, we will. We'll, 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 you know, we'll get a little Irish accent on here for next week. We'll I, can, we can. I can do one. Oh, it's Scottish. Yeah. I, can, I can do a Scottish accent. And I, I know they're not the same thing, and you should never say no. that. Oh, you know what? Uh, I did forget one thing at the, at the outset. I did mention I mentioned the New York uh, event, but yep. uh, there's another event that we're supporting called the Mobile Media uh, Summit, uh, and that is uh, in London on July the 1st. Okay. I, I won't be there, nope. but uh, a great event with a lot of our members from you know Place IQ to Urban Airship to you know you name it. All these guys are going to be over there, uh, XAD, etc. So uh, check it out, uh, Mobile Media Summit, July 1st in London, full day uh, event. All right. Well, that ends 186. We'll be back for 187 next week. Until then, a safe, safe flight. And those of you who are listening and watching, thank you so much for staying this long and this late into the show. We will see you next week for 187. Thank Done. you kindly. Asif, safe travels, man. Cheers, man.